Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 73, Bo versus Buffy. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And my name is Chris. And it is time, once again, we've been doing this, we've done this several times now, to sort of talk about the the comparisons between Lost Girl and the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We've done several character comparisons before, and this time I thought we would actually start where maybe we should have started at the be- in the beginning, is talking but about that would how- make too much sense. I know, it would have, so hell with that. <laughs> but we're going to talk about how our lead characters kind of compare to each other. So we're talking about Bo and Buffy. And I think actually the reason I didn't start with these two is because while I do see a, a very a lot of similarities between Lost Girl and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show, I don't actually see Buffy and Bo being all that similar. Yeah, not really. They have their moments. Yeah, but, they have uh, their overall. moments. But in general, I, I, yeah, they're just not as super comparable as some of the other characters to me. And weirdly, I mean, as I think has been pretty well established, I'm pretty sure my favorite Lost Girl character is Bo. And Buffy, while I love Buffy, I think she's way further down on the favorite characters list in the Buffy and Angel universe. Me too. <laughs> Me too. So I guess let's start by talking about some of their similarities. I, I, I could see maybe how Bo could be a version of Buffy grown up. But, you know, they're, they're basically at their core, right? They're quippy, badass, supernatural heroines. So, you know, in, in, in a larger sense type of, type of way, they're the same type of character. And sort of on a, in a superficial way. Yeah. Yeah. In a very superficial way. They're, thank you. That's a good word. As far as like their individual characteristics, I think they're, they are both street smart rather than book smart. Although Buffy did get a 1430 on her SATs. She did. She did. Uh, but they, they both tend to like a running gag is having them mispronounce words, you know, <laughs> which I love. Yes. I love that so much. <laughs> I'm thinking of in trick. Oh, shoot. What's that episode called? It's the episode we meet, we meet Faith. It's something trick and faith or something like that. Hope, hope. Trick, trick, fake and hope or something like that. Hope, trick and faith. There we go. Hope, yeah, faith and know. trick. Something like that. That episode. I don't remember. Buffy fans <laughs> will know what we're talking about. The the big villain of that episode is this character called Kikistos. And Buffy, there's this scene where Buffy's trying to tell Giles this person's name. And it's like something about kissing toast. Or maybe it was taquitos, that he loved taquitos. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite, taquitos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And it reminds me a lot of Bo and no more baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I also love, let's see, and now I can't think of what the actual thing is, but but Buffy says Shaka Khan. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I don't remember what the real name was, too. It's in the seventh season. Yeah. But yeah, it's they have a similar kind of running gag of the two of them not quite getting words right, though I think Buffy does it far more than Bo does. Yes, that is true. But they both have a, a lot of street smarts. Like they're very smart when it comes to battle plans and and things like that. It's just they're not they're not intellectuals in in the way that Willow and and Lauren are. Right. And then I think they are they are both protective people. They're protective of their friends, 
And and I love them both, but they can both be a little thoughtless and self-involved at times. And they appreciate when they're at their best. They, of course, have times when they try to strike it out alone and it doesn't go as well. But they appreciate like a group effort in solving problems rather than working solo. True. I, I do appreciate that they make the effort on Buffy to sort of have that explain why Buffy has lo- lasted so much longer than other Slayers. Right. And when it comes to sort of their their general story arcs on the show, I, I would say it's fair that both of them have a coming-of-age story feeling to them. Bo's, I agree. Even though yeah. Bo is much older, I, I think she very much goes through a coming-of-age, and especially the first two seasons, but even up through season three. Well, I mean, season three being all about the dawning is sort of a, here, you must go on this hero's journey to to evolve Right, exactly. So, you know, same It's thing. a rite of passage type of thing. Right. A more literal uh, coming of age kind of thing. Something else I thought about was, and this is maybe more coincidental or convenient than anything else, but I was thinking of the when they both kind of come out to their mothers about being supernatural creatures. And they both shows sort of treat that like a coming out, and they use some coming out language in those scenes. We've mm-hmm. talked about on, on Lost Girl where there really aren't any coming outs in regards to sexuality, but that scene between Bo and her and her mother, her adopted mother, is very much a coming out scene. It's a fairly common trope in sci-fi type stuff or superhero type stuff, really. There's a scene in, in X2, the second X-Men movie. I don't know if you are familiar with this or not, or how familiar you are, but Bobby Drake Iceman has a scene like that with his family. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm remi- I was reminded of, it's actually right after Buffy tells her mother that she's the Slayer in, in the season two, into season two. And Joyce has this really great line where she's, are you sure you're a Slayer? Have you tried not being a Slayer? <laughs> Which, again, in the second X-Men movie, same same line, I believe. Yeah. Only have you tried not being a mutant? Yes. <laughs> and then, and actually, this this next point I'm going to mention was partially why I decided it was time for us to to talk about Bo versus Buffy because on we've been doing a, a rewatch of Lost Girl and somebody mentioned on Twitter in a tweet that we were tagged in talking about the fact that the first time that Bo has sex, you know, she kills her boyfriend Kyle accidentally, and I never really thought about it in this way, but. In Buffy's first first sexual experience, she figuratively kills her boyfriend because, you know, Angel is desold and becomes Angelus. Yep. Good point. They really hit on that death metaphor in a subsequent episode, I've Only Got Eyes for You. But it, but yeah, I hadn't really thought about it in that way because Angel's not literally dead, but he is figuratively. Buffy figuratively kills him. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she literally kills him later in the season, but... <laughs> Well, but he's already dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with with the end of season three, that's what they would call on True Blood the true death. The end of season three or end of season two? Uh, season two, I'm sorry. Okay. Season two. End of season two. That's what they'd call the true death. The true death. Okay. On True Blood, yeah. I watch a lot of supernatural shows, you guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then there's also the sort of Romeo and Juliet or Juliet and Juliet storylines that they've got in common. Right, because we have Angel, 
who is a vampire and Buffy is a slayer, and then Bo, who's Faye and Lauren, who is human. Yes. And and how those things get all complicated and uh, wherefore art thou? So nerdy. <laughs> and then both of them go do go through this experience of getting rejected by their parents and kicked out of their homes after their parents sort of realize or see the consequences, I guess, of the, them being supernatural beings. But I feel like when Joyce kicks Buffy out, it was just kind of something she said in the moment because she was angry. And if Buffy had come home, I think she probably would have welcomed her. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am i don't know that Bo would have gotten that same understanding had she tried to go back quickly. Yeah, it seems more like Bo would have been subjected to some sort of, uh, I don't know, religious exorcism or something. <laughs> I laugh. It's not funny. But um, yeah, whereas Joyce probably would have still been mad, but would have been, as you say, would have welcomed her home. And then this one is eh, kind of a stretch, but they do both of them go through a period of being isolated from their support group, Bo in season four and Buffy in season six. Though I would stress that the circumstances surrounding those are very, very different and I don't think their behavior is really all that similar during those time periods. Right. Because Buffy is keeping this big secret from her friends and not really letting them know how difficult it is to be back from where she was when she was dead. Whereas Bo's just kind of like, you're not listening to me. Go away. You know? <laughs> yeah, Bo's sort of been through a big life event and is struggling with... That, I guess, more so than, well, I guess in that sense, it's the same thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Struggling with the big life event, but um, yeah, Buffy keeping a secret, whereas Bo's problem is that she doesn't actually know what happened. Yeah. The secret is kept from her. Yeah. So uh, kind of similar, but uh, not really. I, I, I debated whether to mention that, but I thought, why not? Although Buffy kind of does the same thing at the beginning of season three. For, like, an episode, but still. Because she doesn't tell them that Angel turned back into Angel before she had to kill him. Actually, I think also at the beginning of season two, right? She has the... The freak out about the master? Yes. Yeah. It's a recurring thing for Buffy. It is. But yeah, I do think we see less of it from Bo, and for different reasons. Yeah, Bo's not huge on the secret keeping. She does it a little, but not really all that much. She's more upset that people keep keeping secrets from her. Exactly. I think the main reason I don't see a lot of crossover similarities between Bo and Buffy is I feel like their their big story arcs are actually quite different. Because Bo really is is one her story is one of redemption as well as discovering her origins. Mhm. And neither of those are really factors in Buffy's story. Hers is is mainly about the burden of being the chosen one. Would you say that's fair? Yes. I was going to say, I think Buffy has the moments of really, I guess, both redemption and in origin, but it's really, those are more sort of episode arc type things rather than continuing themes. So, so I guess big caveat, we are going to talk about differences, but I'll, I'll say very strongly, I'm not saying that these aren't present at all on Lost Girl or Buffy, depending on what we're talking about. But my point, my main point is that it's much more predominant in one show versus the other. 
because, you know, we are getting more of a chosen one angle to Bo's story recently, mm-hmm. but it is not nearly as as big of a deal as it is on Buffy. Right. I mean, in Buffy's, it's like in the opening sequence monologue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I remember that that monologue in the first couple of seasons, the the uh, not monologue, the what you call it narration over the credits. I did say monologue, but it is it's a voiceover voiceover. Yeah. yeah. And and when it comes to like the, the burden of their their supernatural abilities, like it, it's a burdensome to Bo at the beginning that she's a succubus. But I feel like once she learns how to that she is a succubus, how to control her hunger so that she doesn't feed and kill people, she becomes pretty OK with it fairly quickly. As Kenzie says, learn to enjoy your shit. Yes, she learns to enjoy her shit pretty fast. Whereas, you know, we see with Buffy in seasons five and season six and season seven, really later into the series, it's just like the burden seems to just grow. And the the show ends kind of with the burden being lifted from her uh, uh, to a certain extent in that there are a lot more slayers now. I was going to say, it's it's a shared burden at the end of the series. Yeah, she's no longer alone and isolated and etc. She's no longer the chosen one. She's one of a chosen many. Yes. And then an, a, a big factor in Buffy's story in the beginning, I would say through the first like four seasons of the show, is Buffy being the Slayer is like a secret that she has to keep that causes conflicts in her relationships. And while Bo can't exactly go around telling everybody she's a succubus, she hides that from humans, it's not like this this big secret that she carries with her. Right. It seems like Lost Girl picks up where that leaves off. Right. Since the whole point is that, oh, wait, it's this, you know, I'm part of a group. It's it's not something I have to keep secret from the people around me anymore, because now the people around me are the people who are like me. Right. So Bo, much more than Buffy, you know, toward the end, Buffy really has built herself a community of people who know she's the Slayer who help her. But Bo pretty much gets immersed into that world from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I, I feel like another big piece of sort of the, the burden of being the chosen one is that Buffy being the Slayer is often in conflict with her desire to be normal. And again, I think we see a little bit of that on Bo's side, but it's just not nearly as prominent. Because Bo does have that exchange with Lauren in Vexed about how she wants to be able to to live her life and who would live it with me if, you know, they won't let Luann go, etc., etc. But I don't, at the same time, though, I don't feel like Bo being a succubus stands in the way of her having that normal life. It's sort of her place in the divide between light and dark. So it's a little bit different to me, I think. Right. It's less who she is than it is the system that she's just been introduced to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I will say that's something I really appreciate about Lost Girl that I sometimes find frustrating on Buffy is that often it seemed like Buffy being a slayer was in conflict with her being a girl. You know, this this tension, this idea that like what Buffy does as a slayer is inherently ungirl-like. <laughs> and I don't think that's what they were going for, really, but that's kind of the way it seemed at times. It's like, oh, I can't be a slayer and also be a cheerleader. I can't be the slayer and also go to prom. You know, and... Uh, but that's not really ever an issue on on Lost Girl. I don't feel like Bo being a succubus is being held in counterpoints. I mean, like a badass fighting er succubus <laughs> is in like tension and keeps Bo from like being a woman and and doing womanly things. Although there was that great exchange on, or it wasn't really an exchange. It was it was a bit of a monologue from Buffy 
I want to say it was at the beginning of season three, where she has this list of things that she wants to do, or she wants to be able to do. And I forget what what leads into it. But then there's something I think it ends with something about, um, you know, patrolling for vampires, or I don't know, some some slayery thing at the end. Right. And then she's like, you know, I want to do girly Girl things. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't all the time, but but some of the time, and it so it did get annoying to me at, at times. But I don't think that was really what the show was was going for. But I just I haven't really seen any of that on Lost Girl, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on on Lost Girl. It's not about who you are. It's about letting. It's about the struggle of letting the system let you be who you want to be. I guess does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And part of the reason, another part of the reason, I had many reasons for doing this episode, I guess it sounds like, is that we are, our next episode, which is going to be released next Thursday, is going to actually be talking about how Lost Girl and Xena compares. Because our our co-host Annie, as probably many of you have heard, is not a Buffy fan. She, is, she has never watched Buffy. And so... She can't really be part of these conversations. And she keeps saying, but there's, you know, comparisons between Lost Girl and Xena. And we finally are going to talk about those next week. Because <laughs> poor Annie is, is has apparently always felt that because she loves Xena, she can't watch Buffy. Really? I didn't know that's that. That's what she said. Interesting. I believe Interesting. that's what she said. Well, next week is a time for Annie to shine and talk about Xena, which she loves very, very much. So I hope you will join us for that, Xena fans. Please tell us your thoughts about how Bo and Buffy compare over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 73. You can also send us an email with your thoughts or any ideas for future content, feedback about the show to feedback at drinksatthedoll.com. Or you can send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right hand side of our website. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. And I'm a quippy, badass, supernatural heroine. No, I'm not. My name is Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Cheers.